Hi, welcome to the Tell It Like It Is program, the really Tell It Like It Is. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker, Dr. B.J. Baker, and we're going to talk about seeking first the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about the mind of Christ. We're going to talk about fear, and if we get to any of those subjects, we'll be doing great because you know how I am. We start on something, and it sometimes it just goes there. But here's one of the things that I, I really want to bring out is this. I've been talking to a number of different people, and it is really interesting as to how many people walk in fear. There is, um, you know, there's fear. There's this natural fear that's happening in the earth. And what what I mean by that is this, is that, um, especially since this, uh, what do they call it, um, this plague has come across and there's so many different things that's going on, so much information, information on the internet, information, you Google something up and you find all these different symptoms and all. And so what is happening with people right now is this, especially people that have been diagnosed and had COVID and had a, um, a difficult bout with it, one of the things that happens is that they have symptoms and things afterwards. Well, uh, many people are, are, are really getting afraid because they think that this disease is coming back up on them. They think this plague is coming back up on them. And, you know, um, the, the Bible says that these things, that if you fill yourself and seek first the kingdom of God, that these things will not come back upon you a second time. And I'm looking at this and I'm seeing people with anxiety running back and forth to the hospital. I mean, it's not just one. And I'm not talking about just regular saints. I'm talking about ministers. I'm talking about saints of God. I'm talking about all of them. So I want to deal with fear. I really believe that the, I'm finishing up... Um, my book, I guess this is a little plug for it also. I'm finishing up uh, my, my book and doing an expanded version of it. Uh, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. But it's the spirit of the fear of the Lord in you. And I want to let you know some of the things that will happen. The spirit of the fear of the Lord in you will command some things. And it will destroy some things. It will disperse some things. I'm going to read you some scriptures about this. So that you can get these down on the inside of you. One of the things that I believe is this. If you are prepared for the adversary, then even when he comes, he will not be able to do some of the things that he's been able to do to you in the past. When you're prepared for something, it's it's like, uh, well, I don't wear a raincoat and I don't carry umbrellas either. But uh, for those that do... When you, can't, when you uh, are prepared for the rain and it comes, it's not something that uh, catches you uh, off guard. And I want you to be prepared for those things that are going to come at you. And if you keep yourself filled with the spirit of the fear of the Lord, you say, Dr. Baker, what is the spirit of the fear of the Lord? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. But it's walking in a different manner than you have before. Let me read you a few scriptures here. Second Chronicles 14, 14 says, And they smote the cities round about Gair, 
Why? How were they able to do that? For the fear of the Lord came up on them. Now the fear of the Lord came up on God's people. And what happened? Here it was that the power of the spirit of the fear of the Lord came upon God's people and they spoiled all the cities around them. For they were there was a, a whole lot of stuff to be able to be taken. Here's another thing. Second Chronicles 17.10 and the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were uh, round about Judah, uh, so that no war came against Jehoshaphat. When you walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, there are things that will not come against you. There are things that will not attack you. There are, 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 are spirits, there's sicknesses, there's diseases, there's all of these things that will not. How can I walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord? Well, first thing in this, in, in, uh, after the cross, when Jesus, uh, came, he, uh, he, he, he hung on the cross. He, uh, was buried. He, uh, was resurrected and he ascended into heaven. One of the things that he did is he spent, he sent that spirit. He sent the spirit that was in him. He sent him to live on the inside of us, but it's not just the spirit of God on the inside of you for you to be able to shandala bahanda, for you to be able to just pray in tongues. What it is, is this, the same spirit. Now listen to this. The very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is that same spirit that lives in you. Now listen to the spirit. Listen to this. Here it was, Jesus would come into a place and what would happen? The demons would say, have you come to, to, to uh, 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 bother us? Have you come to cast us out? Have you come to torment us? before our time. Why did they say that before he opened his mouth? It was because the spirit of the fear of the Lord was in him and on him. And so therefore the adversary was afraid. When you walk, when you and I walk, when you and I live, when you and I operate in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, um, Here's how we do this. Number one is this. You have to have the mind of Messiah. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to equate himself with God, but then he took on the figure of manhood. That's what he did. Okay. What mind was in him? It wasn't an earthly mind. It was the mind of God. It was the mind of God. He was hooked with God. This is why he said, Jesus walked in the spirit of the fear of God himself, of the Lord. When he was here on this earth, he walked in the awe. He walked in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. This is why he says, I can do, I will do nothing. I don't do anything unless I am told to do so by God. Why was that? Because he knew that if he did what it was that God told him to do, that he would be successful. He knew that if he did what God told him to do or what he heard from God, that he would be in agreement with God and the manifestations had to come. He knew that if he 
did what God told him to do, he knew that nothing could happen to him before his time, before he had finished his race, before he had come to do the things that he had come to do. He knew that he was protected. This is how God wants us to walk in the earth, but we will never do it unless we have the same mind that was in Christ. And that is the mind of God. That's the desire of God. That's the will of God. That's the ways of God. Let me read you some more scriptures and then I'm going to go into a few more things and uh, I might finish parts of this next week okay but for right now I just want you to to to, to listen to what it is that I have to say okay uh, second chronicles uh, of 19 and 7 wherefore now let allow allow uh, let the fear of the Lord be upon you take heed and do it for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no respecter of persons, nor taking of gifts. God is of no respecter of person. What he did in Jesus, what he did for Jesus while he was on the earth, while he walked in the mind of God, he will do for you and I. Do you understand? He wants us, the, uh, Jesus says, these works that I'm doing, you will do too, but you will do greater works than this because I go to my father. I go to my father and leave the works that have been left for you to complete the things that I completed mine. Now I want you to complete yours. And what is that completing yours? It's the completed work of Jesus Christ in the earth. We are all supposed to be edified until we come into this perfect man, until we come into this perfect place, until we come into this corrected, until this, this completed place. And what is that in Jesus? We are the body of Christ. Now listen to this. This is very important. I mean, I know we banty words and things around, but I want you to think about something. If here you are, the body of Christ, are you, go, are you going to complete something that is about you or are you going to complete the part of the body, the body, this physical body, that's in the earth that is that that is made up in Christ here it is there's a part of Christ that is in you that he has left something uniquely for you to do nobody else can do it nobody else was assigned to do it you were uniquely designed uniquely assigned for a position for a job you are you are you are the one that will complete that work you are the one that will allow uh, the manifestation of Jesus Christ to be in you so that people can see him when you look in the mirror you will see him you will see his purpose you will see what it is that he has for you but you can only see this if you have the mind of Christ he says this second chronicles 19 9 uh, 99 and he charged them saying thus shall you do in the fear of the Lord faithfully and with perfect with a perfect heart when we walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord we cannot walk with our own heart we cannot walk in our own ways what we do is we walk in this uniqueness of who he is and as we do this we start to see things happen when i walk in this when, when i when i recognize that i am seeking first the kingdom of god and his way of doing things i am walking in the mind of christ then the miracles and the signs and the wonders and all of these things happen i have prayed for people and i don't mean long prayers because he said 
He didn't say pray any long prayers. He says to go ahead and decree and declare. I have seen more things happen this particular week when I've decreed and declared over people. Words have come. Uh, uh, things are beginning to happen because I am focused in on this. I don't have any other purpose in life other than to manifest the spirit of the fear of the Lord and seeking him first and walking in his mind because I want to see, I want to be a part of the immersion and the, and the meshing together of he and I in a way until you can't tell the difference and the things that he did, the walking through the walls, the being able to manifest things in this time, in this season, in these ways, I will be able to do this. He says, I will renew your youth as the eagle. He says, I will make you, I talked about this the other day on the program, on one of my programs or something, and I was talking about Sarah and what it was that he did. He renewed her youth. She was 90 years old, but she didn't look 90 years old. She didn't act 90 years old. Her insides got so that they weren't 90 years old. She was able to have sex and to have pleasure uh, at 90 years old. She was a uh, uh, the uh, uh, men desired her at 90 years old. He had renewed her youth as the eagle. And then he had had it so that she could be fertile so that she could uh, so that so that she could become pregnant. He had opened up her womb, but he had not just opened up her womb. He had opened up her youth. And this is one of the things that God wants to do. He wants to restore us. He, what he wants to do, he wants to have it so that he can manifest himself in us to the degree that people will look and say, how is this? Everybody, all these people are looking for the fountain of youth. They're looking for the fountain of youth. The only way the fountain of youth is going to be found is in Christ. But you're going to have to have, we're going to have to have his mind. We're going to have to walk in the spirit of the fear of him. We're going to have to be seeking him first. Um, it says, I, I wonder, it's a sign and a wonder. It's a sign of Jesus manifesting in the earth. That is a wonder. Who is this person? We're talking about the person of Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. And when, when he lives on the inside of us, he is manifesting. He is changing things on the inside. When we walk in the spirit, you know, the Bible says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, what, what does that mean? How is it that I can do this? I have to be so aware of the spirit of God, of the spirit of the fear of the Lord, that nothing else am I afraid of. I have to realize something that when I walk into a place, demons and demonic things are supposed to flee. I walk into a place and the atmosphere changes. Why? Because I walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He says, he says this in Psalms uh, 19.9, the spirit of the Lord is clean. It's enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is clean. It is crystal clean. It is clear. It is bright. It is him himself, the cleanliness of it. It is not bringing anything, uh, uh, anything that's torn, anything that's perverted, any of those things into that. It's just like when we bring a tithe or an offering or a first fruit 
or whatever it is to him. We don't bring a dirty animal. We don't bring leftovers. We don't bring we don't bring seconds and thirds to him. We bring the first of the first fruits. We bring the first of the tenth. We bring the tithe. We bring thee. And this is the thing. Why do we do this? Because I'm in awe of who God is. I walk in the fear of him. What is this fear of him? I don't want anything to separate me from him. I don't want anything to separate me from the intimacy, from that intimate place. He's not going to move. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me, but I can get so tied up in the spirit in, in, in the spirit of fear of the adversary, fear of sickness, fear of disease, fear of lack, fear of all of that. And you can't carry two types of fear. That's a dread. That is a dread. And the adversary is the one that's supposed to be in dread. It is not supposed to be the saints and the body of Christ. I hope I'm making sense to you right now because the thing of it is, is that you have to see the difference. When we talk about fear, when I talk about the spirit of the fear of the Lord, I'm talking about the power of almighty God. I'm talking about the almighty. I'm talking about the omnipotent. I'm talking about the omnipresent. I'm talking about the omniscient. I'm talking about the one who knows everything. I'm talking about the one who does everything. I'm talking about the creator. I'm talking about the one that can kill and can destroy and his he he is he is dreadful to the adversary when they see him they run from him it's that blood with the spirit of the fear of the lord is also the manifestation of the blood because what it does is it allows them to recognize that they have no power, that all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him, and he has given it unto us. He has put it into us so that we can walk in that victory. You should not be walking in fear. You should not be thinking that you're the tail. You should not be any of that. And as we come together as one, as it says in Ephesians 4, 4 there is, let me, let me, uh, this was 4, 4 I was going to read, but... Um, let me talk about humility in this also. But 4.2 says, Meekness and tenderness are the fabric of your makeup. This enables you to show compassion even in the seemingly impossible situations. Eagerly bearing with one another in an environment where love rules. You see, the spirit of the fear of the Lord cannot and will not operate without the love of God ruling. How can the love of God rule? You, many times we say, I walk in love, I walk in love, and you go through uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is only a beginning of who it is that God is, and it opens things up, uh, uh, I mean, wider and broader than you can even imagine. When we walk in this love of God, you can't walk in the love of God unless, number one, you've received the love of God, number two, that you have the mind of Christ. If you don't have the mind of Christ, how are you going to know how God loves? Come on, how are you going to know how God loves? You have to know the one. You have to know how he thinks. You have to know what he thinks. You have to know how he expresses himself. You have to know him. And if we don't know him, we don't realize what love is. Love never fails. Of course it does. It says, per of course it doesn't. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear because fear has torment. Fear is torment. Fear is torment. 
So we're supposed to release a level of the spirit of the fear of the Lord, which is a love that is so powerful that it kicks out everything else. That what happens is those things will be afraid to come upon you. So therefore, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the love of God, it, it commands finances. It commands wealth. It, I mean, commands riches. It commands prosperity. And then after prosperity and riches have come into place, and all of the things that you need is, is met, all of the things that you could ever wish for or desire, all of those things that are necessary to do the purpose that God has for you in this earth, doing what it is that he wants done. He says, now I can carry you. I can trust you because you truly do walk in the spirit of the fear of me. Now I can trust you to walk in wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18, I can trust you to handle this thing for me so that I, so that God himself can establish his covenant in the earth. So therefore you have no need of, of, of whatever it is, the wealth that God puts in your hands. You would not touch it. You don't need it. All it is is a tool. It means absolutely nothing to you. This is how God wants to get it. Here it is. You can be trusted. I mean, they can just pour it out on you and it really, really does not matter. Why is that? Because you've lost your taste for that because you have seen just how good God is, that he has supplied everything that you need, everything that you will ever need. You have been able to supply for your family. You've been able to supply for your neighbors. You've been able to give to the poor. You've been able to feed people. You've been able to do all of the things that you desire to do. You've been able to buy houses and cars and 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 built uh, places of refuge. You've been able to help the police department. You've been able to help the fire department. You've been able to, to interact in the government because he's given you this wisdom as he's building you in the prosperity of his wholeness, in the in the riches of his wholeness and riches and, and, and honor follows you because he has taught you how to be honored, how to be honorable, how to walk in the humility, how to walk, walk in all of these things, how to live this kind of a life where you are are acting like him in the earth where everything is his, all the riches, all the silver. God says all the gold, all the silver, everything is mine. Do you think God is going to uh, 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 be greedy about anything when he owns everything. That's the way that he wants you and I to feel. That's the way that he wants you and I to see things. There's there's no uh, reason to, to lust after any of those things because everything is right there before you. So you have no need for that. So now we can handle his wealth. We can handle the wealth. He says, remember, it's the Lord your God. He says, after you've gotten houses and cars, you can see what I'm saying in Deuteronomy 8. After you've gotten hot cars, I mean, well, he didn't say cars in there, but you know what I'm saying. After you've bought houses and lands and this and this and this, and you're full to the brim, you've eaten and you're full and there's nothing that you want. You have to remember something that is the Lord thy God that gives you, that gives you, continuously gives you power, gives you authority, gives you, uh, uh, gives you metrons to get wealth so that he can establish his covenant in the earth. So this is something that he wants wants to establish has nothing to do with any of the things that you have. 
You have more than enough, more, more, more than enough. Anybody ask you for anything, you can give it to them. You can freely give it to them because God has freely given it to you. Now here, God says, let me establish my covenant in the earth. Let the lands, let the nations, let them see just how good I am. Let me use you in order to affect the nations. You asked me for the nations and now I'm giving you the nations so that you can impact them, so that you can establish this so that I can establish the covenant and I can use you in order to do it verse 4 here because uh, every environment you change the environment with uh, where the, uh, because love is the ruler of all things establishing God's covenant has to be established in in love um, uh, God's prosperity has to be got, has to be gotten in love. God's riches has to be gotten in love and humility and and walking with Him, walking in the spirit of the fear of Him. Yes, I will not stop on the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Not just the fear of the Lord, but you got to walk in that spirit. Because if you walk in that spirit, then what will happen? You will not fulfill the things, the desires, the anxieties, the fears of mankind. And and I won't have enough. And what's going to happen? I'm going to catch cancer, and I'm going to catch the 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 the, the boohoo flu, and I'm going to catch this, and and I'm not going to be able to. My body is not going to look right, and and this is not going to happen. And I'm going to sag here, and whatever it is. No, when you walk in that, you can take God's word, and you can remember. He said, "No, Lord, you said you were going to renew my youth as the eagle." I remember when I used to be able to be pumped up there. I remember when this, I remember this. I remember when I looked good in here. Lord, you said you would renew. And when you renew something, you make it better than it was even before. So these are promises. And you say, Dr. Baker, you are talking madness. You see, you'll never have it. I will. You won't. Why? Because you are too foolish to believe it. See, I am not going to say anything in God's word is too good to be true. Well, if it's, if it's that good, it's too good. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You go ahead on with that. But this word to me sounds great. It sounds good. It sounds too good for any man to be able to do it. But I ain't talking about a man. I'm talking about God. He says here, being alert to treasure our oneness in spirit, uh, encapsulated in peace. The word sundanus uh, from sun, a primary preposition denoting union, and duo, uh, dio, is to bind in agreement like in a marriage. The word iri means peace or iro, to join and to set at one again. In carpentry, it is referred to as a dovetail joint, okay, which is the strongest of joints. Peace is a place of unhindered environment of friendship. He says this. You see, you haven't even begun to live in the kingdom of God because, number one, you got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his righteousness. So the kingdom is righteousness. Then there is this shalom, this peace that is that that unhindered enjoyment of friendship, of oneship, of marriage, of unity, of of uh, uh, of uh, a bond, of covenant with God Himself, with the Spirit of God Himself, who lives on the inside of you. He says here in four four, there is only one body and one spirit. 
and we are inseparable. We are inseparable one. In the same hope, there is no plan B. We bear the same surname called Kaleo to identify by name to the surname. In other words, your name, my name is the same if we're in this thing together. It does not matter what nationality, what culture, what, what, uh, uh, what color, where you came from, because we are of the same race. There's only one and it's the human race. I talked today, I taught, uh, uh, taught earlier today. And one of the things that I talked about is that there's only one race and his name is Satan, is the Satan. There's only one racist and it's the devil. There's only one. And why, why is he the only one? Because he hates mankind. He hates anything, anyone that has been made in the image and in the likeness of God. And he comes to separate. He comes to destroy. He comes to bring, to bring friction in your home, in, in, in nations and whatever. God made us in all of these different colors, all of these different ways, all of these different body styles, all of these different things. He did this on purpose and he did it so that we could see the difference, but still coming to him as one because we all have a sound. I have a sound, not just the sound of my voice, but everything about me, my hands, my color, my, my eyes, my ears, everything about me, my hair, even the false hair I wear, it has a sound, okay? Everything has a sound. Everything has a frequency. And when all of those things are lined up with his frequency, with his sound, with his rhythm, we come together and there is a thing that there isn't anything that cannot be done. And what we do, Paul says this, this one thing I do, and I really believe that this is one thing that the body of Christ needs to do. You need to forget those things which are behind. I taught earlier today, as I said, on this subject, and I talked about the different nationalities and the different colors and whatever it is and how it is that we compromise with the world because we use their same words. You know, we talk about people sleeping together and the people ain't sleeping, they having sexual intercourse. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, 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 we, we use all of these fancy words that God didn't give us, the Bible didn't give us, but we try to change it so that the culture, so we take on the culture of the world. And when we take on the culture of the world, then we're not any salt and light. We don't bring anything different because we talk like they talk because we want them to understand. No, we bring our culture in. And when we are walking in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, we bring the culture of God in. And when we bring the culture of God in, there's everything that is needed and they will desire what it is that we have, who it is that we have, and they will learn our culture. But we have been too cowardly, uh, not me, but People have been too cowardly. I mean, we got some weak, wimpy, coward people that call themselves Christians, that call themselves kingdom citizens, that call themselves believers, that call themselves people of God. They're afraid to speak what God says. I don't want to offend anybody. The word of God offends. I don't offend anybody. I've I mean, since I've been a believer, I don't believe I've offended anybody. If anybody's gotten offended, 
It's because I'm talking the word of God. That's not my, uh, it, it's, it's not my uh, uh, choice to have people to become offended. But if you're offended, the problem is, is this, is that you're ignorant to what it is that somebody is talking about. And what it is, is this, you're insecure. Insecure people are the only people that really walk around getting in, getting, getting offended. I know who I am. You can't offend me. You can call me anything you want to. I already know my name. You can talk about my mom. You can talk about my daddy. You can talk about my brother, my sister, and my children, and all of that kind of stuff. Because uh, uh, my mama, my dad, uh, all them people are dead anyway. But anyway, you can do what you have to do. You're not going to offend me. I would not recommend that you do it in my face. I really wouldn't recommend that. But what I'm saying, even if I hit you, oh, that's a joke. But kind of, even if I hit you, it would not be because I'm offended. It would be because I don't want you to hurt yourself no further. Okay. That was a joke. Ha ha ha. Okay. Kind of. Any rate, uh, let, let's keep going on. There's only one legitimate Lordship. Okay. If there's only one legitimate Lordship, if there's only one God, if there's only one body, then there's only one race of people. When we change that word, when we get that word out of our vocabulary as believers, then everything in the world will change for us. We will walk in the oneness. If you believe in creation, then we believe that we came from one man, one woman, that's Adam and Eve. Okay, let's rush on up here to the flood. Uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth came out of Noah and his wife. Every hue of people came out of those three people. God, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he made any of them any kind of way. But all I know is that he did because we're all here. So evidently he had a purpose. He had an assignment in everything. He has an assignment in my skin. He has an assignment in my in, 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 in my in my life. He has an assignment in all of it. But we are all one. It's just like I shared earlier today and I'm sharing with you now. If you take off your clothes by yourself or with your husband or wife or whatever it is, okay, um, and you look at your body, you're going to see all different kinds of colors for your body. You're not going to just see one, one thing because you wear clothes on one side. You do this on this. There's differences in there. There's, there's freckles. I even have freckles. Uh, there's different kinds of things that go on. Understand this. He says this. Now listen to this. There's only one legitimate Lordship, one faith and one baptism. We were all, he's talking to us, this is the book of Ephesians, so he's talking to believers. We were all immersed in the same oneness. There is only one faith, not what we believe about God, but what God believes about us. Our faith does not invent God. God's faith defines us. Jesus is what God believes. See, uh, uh, okay. Uh, John's baptism announces the incarnation, yet it communicates a mere prophetic picture of what Jesus' spirit baptism will fully interpret of mankind's co-inclusion. Co-inclusion, not co-separation, co-inclusion and joint immersion into his death, resurrection, and ascension. 
in the incarnation, we have the prophetic word on exhibit, intercepting, uh, 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 intercepting human history by assuming human form. He assumed human form. Thus, we see divinity immersed in our humanity and declaring that there would be no stopping him from entering into our hell and deepest darkness. In dying our death, God will bring closure to every destructive mindset and fruitile fruit we inherited from Adam's fall. It's time that we forget for, uh, Paul said, remember, I, I, I've said this earlier, Paul said, forgetting the, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, we got to forget this Adamic nature. That is not where you live anymore. You can't live in both of those worlds. Well, I'm only human. This is the reason that I do this. That's because you are not seated. You are not seated in Christ in heavenly places and taking on the mind of Christ. Once we start to, to say, I want your mind and your mind only, then there is no duality. There is not double-mindedness. No, I got an earthly mind. I got a human mind. And I'm going to just walk in this human mind, but I'm going to sit in heaven. That's double-mindedness. Minded. What does James say? A double-minded man, a mind, a, a mind that thinks he's a heavenly man, and then a mind that thinks he's an earthly man. Uh, they are unstable. There is no stability. There's no strength. There's nothing that's holding it together. Unstable in all of their ways. And don't let them even think. Don't let you even fantasize that you're going to get anything from God. Because even if it came to you, you wouldn't be able to receive it. Why? Because you would not have the faith in order to uh, to receive it. He says this, um, uh, just as uh, he was raised out of the water in his baptism, we will be uh, co-elevated together. We are co-elevated together with him in his resurrection in the newness of life. Hosea 6, 2, Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, the word baptismo or bapto, to immerse, to overwhelm. We are overwhelmed. There's five baptisms. Apostle Cal taught about that a couple of weeks ago and it was fabulous but at any rate one of the, uh, the the thing that we're talking about here is this we have been overwhelmed with his goodness overwhelmed with his word overwhelmed with his water overwhelmed with everything that he has overwhelmed with his spirit overwhelmed why is that so that we are immersed into him until we just you know we receive what it is it's not by works it's by receiving and he says I have given you the grace to receive all of this goodness that I have there's only one God he remains the ultimate father of the universe we are we are because he is he is present in all he is above all through all and in all he is not far from each of us in him we live and move and have our being we are indeed his offspring that means for real indeed means for real I mean for real for real for real okay we are his offspring and if we're his offspring we came from one man we came from one God we came from one father he is the father of all of us so we are not we are not divided we are not separated we are not any of those and you say well Abraham Abraham didn't Abraham did not complete the covenant 
I mean, complete all of the, the things that had to be done. Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the prophets. He did everything that it said that he was going to do. He fulfilled it all. So this is a new day. This is a new, uh, a, a new era. This is what it is that he is saying now. He is greater than Abraham. And the Bible says this, that if you be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. When that promised man comes, when the one comes, uh, he says, Abraham, look to my day. And he, 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 wanted, he wanted my day to come. So he knew that things would be completed. He knew that he would be in a place waiting until he came because he wasn't going to be able to move until he came and completed the work that he had to do. I'm almost finished. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is going to be an early night for y'all. Okay, and me too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let's see. He, uh, I, I read that. Okay. The father of lies is not the father of the human race. So the demonic kingdom, the demonic Satan is not the father of the human race. Okay? Understand that. That's why he hates us. And that's why he is a bigot. No, he's a racist. He is the only racist. The father of lies is the only one. Why? Because he couldn't father us. He couldn't father truth. He couldn't father goodness and mercy. He couldn't father love. Because he's all hate. He comes to divide and to conquer and we will not allow that anymore. We are changing our vocabulary. We are changing to kingdom culture. We're changing to that. We're not going, we're going to go back. And as we read many of the words, all of these modern uh, uh, Bibles, many of the times they put words in there that should not be in there. And it's because they were afraid or something, or uh, uh, I don't know what their reason is. So I'm not gonna try and get in their head. I don't really care that much because I'm going to study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth so that I can bring the part that I am to bring forth. See, I don't know your part. I, I, I am so blessed. I am around some apostles and prophets and, and, uh, uh, people that, I mean, they get into the word, their part, they are so deep and so wonderful in it. They are deep and powerful in all of that, but they do theirs and I do mine. I am not in competition with them and they're not in competition with me because they can't do what I do. I can't do what they do and I'm not going to try, but I can learn and I can glean. Why? Because we're one. See, I celebrate them. Why? Because when they get in it, I am too. When they, when, when, when they obey God and they're doing that righteous thing, doing it the right way, what they're doing is making room for my part. And what I'm doing is making room for their part. And that's what you have to, have to look at. The gift of Christ measures the extravagant dimensions of grace where everyone is equally advantaged. One measure, one worth, our individual uh, value is defined by his gift, not by our performance. His gift, not by our performance. Scripture confirms that he arrested every possible threat that held mankind hostage. He took captivity captive. That's COVID, that's cancer, 
that's ugly, that's mean, that's broke, that's poor, that's poverty, that's bigotry, that's prejudice, that's uh, uh, insecurity, that's fears, that's all of those things. He took captivity captive. This is what he did. And, and in his resurrection, he led us as trophies, trophies in his triumph profession on high. Consider the genius of God in the incarnate Christ. He repossessed what belonged to us by design in human form. This is his grace gift to us. God's grace gift to us. That grace that gives us the ability to be able to get through whatever it is that we have to get through. That grace that empowers us. That mercy that says you don't have to worry about this the mercies of god are new every morning the grace of god is the covering of that you don't have to wait for somebody to give you no grace gift god has already given it the grace gift is already on the inside of you i heard people say oh my god this person is such uh, has all this grace all this kind of stuff and has you uh, seeking after them because you think they got a bit of a measure of grace that you don't have. No, you just start to use what it is that you have and you'll find out you have all that you need. God is good. God is no respecter of person. He is no respecter of person. Um, he repossessed what belonged to us by design in, in human form. This is his grace gift to her, to us. In this verse, Paul explains what je what he just declared in verse 7 he wants us to know the extravagant extent of the dimension of the measure of the gift of christ remember and he is writing from prison in ephesians 4 he's writing from prison ephesians 4 1 he's not asking for prayers to get out of prison he is in prison in christ uh my, uh, uh my complete existence is defined and confined in him he was once a prisoner uh, of the law of performance. This is what Paul was, held hostage in his own body, crying in desperation, is there anyone who can deliver them from the death trap? Romans 7. Uh, he now speaks as a prisoner of Christ. He is reminded of the obvious uh, intrigue by the entire uh, context of Psalm 67, which celebrates God's uh, recurring, uh, rec rescuing the prisoners from their captivity and even the wayward and the stubborn who already died and are stuck in their graves, in their mindsets. Remember, we started and we will end with this mind. If you are stuck in your mindset, if here it is that you think that you can't have if you think that you are stuck because you don't have an education because you you you're 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 a whatever it is whatever you have decided your disability is okay whatever you have decided your excuse for not being all that you can be whatever you have decided that somebody took from you whatever you have decided that somebody has more power than you have whatever prison that you have put yourself into and allowed yourself to stay in it because god says the gates are open and you say no they're not open for me and then i say don't be so stupid as to think that they're not open for you, that they're just open for somebody else because God's already told you time and time again, I am no respecter of person. I love you just like I love Jesus. I love you just like I love Jesus. 
I didn't leave him in hell. I didn't leave him. And I, what makes you think that I'm going to leave you? I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will be with you until. I will be with you, period. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we'll end with this. Your mindset. However it is that you set your mind, he tells you how to set it. Set your mind on things above. Oh, I better set my mind where I am. I'm supposed to be above in the first place. I am supposed to be seated in him. If I'm seated in him, then my mindset is set in him. How am I going to be seated in him and not have his mind? That would be a dual thing. That would be double-minded. No double-minded in heaven. He says this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If I don't have a mindset in heaven, if I don't learn to think like him and to realize that there's heaven around me there that I can see, how am I going to know? If the kingdom of God has come to earth as it is in heaven, if I won't uh, uh, acknowledge heaven, if I won't acknowledge his mind. Are, are you hearing this? You got to start to think. And if not, just listen deep. Okay? Uh, he is the father of orphans. So you're not orphaned. We walk around, oh, I got an orphan spirit. This one left me. This one left me. This one died. This happened here. This happened here. I got an orphan spirit. You can get rid of that orphan spirit anytime you want to by accepting, G by accepting the Father God as your father. He is uh, the father of orphans, the protector of widows. My husband left. My husband died. My wife died. This happened. He'll still never leave us. See, the love of God is greater than any of this. My Lord. You know? And, and, and people walk around with all that sadness and stuff, and there it is. You know, I was watching something the other day. It's really interesting. I was hearing these people complain, 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 complain about their mate. Then the mate died, and they're going to go through all these tears. Why are you dying? Why are you crying? You should be laughing. You said you were tired of this. You said you were finished with this. You said you didn't want them no more. Now they, they, they did what you said. They left. They died. So why are you sad? Do you understand the foolishness that we do? Oh. <laughs> okay, I really am almost finished, but just finish listening to this. <laughs> oh my God. I, I hope you're laughing at this. I really do, because that's how you can receive it better. God settles the lonely in a home, leading forth prisoners mightily. Also the stubborn, even them that dwell in tombs. Paul sees by revelation the relevance of Jesus dying our death. He died the death for you and entering into our darkness and hell on a rescue mission. As he quotes in, in uh, Psalm 67, 19. And, and he's saying that he saw the captive man, mankind, that, that mankind was captive and was arrested in death and uh, uh, descended into hell and the triumphal re uh, resurrection of the incarnate word in the man Jesus Christ. He cared so much for you and cares so much for you and God's love is so great for you that he would not leave you in that position. And uh, one thing that he's saying to you, just receive my love. 
You're not going to understand it until you receive it. Set your mind to the place that God loves me. Every time you pass by a mirror, every time you think about yourself and you, you don't think the highest of yourself, you know, say God loves me and God does not love uh, uh, God loves me so and God would not love me and care so much for me and look at what God did for me he wouldn't do it if I wasn't worth it I am worth God's love why is that because he made me that way you are valuable you are loved and all you need one of the things that you need to do is to set your mind on things above stop setting your mind on things that you don't have I see people out there right now <laughs> that you're thinking about what you don't have, what you got to do. Oh my gosh, I didn't pray enough today. I didn't do this enough today. You know, I watched too much TV today because I watched 20 whole minutes of it. And, um, you know, uh, I ate, my gosh, I shouldn't have eaten that extra thing and whatever it is. And, and um, you know, I, I, I did this and I did this and I did this and I shouldn't have done this. And so tomorrow... I have to do so much more work. I gotta read triple. Would you stop being so so dumb? He says, I've done it. Read because you love me. Read because you've received my love. I used to try all of this. I used to try to read the Bible and I mean I just was into all of that. I have to pray. And it was so hard. Until one day I just said, you know, I ain't gonna tell you what I said. But at any rate, one day it was like one of those things that I just said, forget this mess. You know, I, 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 I'm tired. And this is the reason that the Israelites, this is the reason that the Hebrews, this is the reason that they didn't enter into the promised land. They never entered into his rest by faith. I have entered into his rest by faith. Do you understand? And, 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 and his promises and all of these things and this goodness and all of this. I am not doing this. I guarantee you. And, and, and the one that's, that's taping it for me, Crystal, sitting right here. I am not doing this because I don't have anything else to do. I promise you that. I am not doing this because I like to be seen on television or on uh, iPad or whatever it is, that however y'all see me. Okay? I am not doing this for that reason. I am doing this because I love you, because God loves you. I am doing this so that you can have some laughs, so that you can realize how greatly you are loved, so that you can, can learn, so that you can get excited about God's word, so that you can pray because you want to pray, so that you can receive, so that you know that you ain't got no guilt about anything. I mean, my Lord, I have done it all. I'm talking about the raunchy stuff. And God loves me. God loves me. He even likes me. I love me. And I like me. And I love you. And I, when I get to meet you, I will probably like you too. Okay? I just want you to receive these goodness. I want you to walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And when you walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the adversary, I mean, you know, the Bible says a curse without a cause cannot light. It cannot stay there. And you're going to start to see where these things are going to flee from you. You're going to start to look at yourself and to realize that his word is true. He has borne all your sicknesses. He has taken all of your lack. He has done this and that he will not allow you to go through anything more than you are able to handle. 
But with whatever it is that you go through, he has made a way out. He has made a way for you to be able to go through it and then to have it as fuel for your life. Well, that's all of Tell It Like It Is, like it really is today. And if you want to get in touch with us, our email, I mean, our web address is www.mteminc.org. Uh, you can go on our website to give so that we can, uh, we have uh, this program, at, we have a program at HSBN TV. And uh, if you want to give into that so that we can, you know, uh, spread this gospel, spread this good news, spread the kingdom of God all over. Uh, you can you can give on that website uh, through Zelle, through uh, Vimo, or something like that. Through all of those different things, they'll be put up there, and um, we would appreciate it if you need uh, to talk to somebody or if you need prayer. Then uh, go to the website. We will definitely agree with you in prayer, and I want you to know that we do love you. And uh, I will see you next week when I'm here to tell it like it is, the way it really is. This is Dr. Baker J. Baker, Dr. B.J. Baker saying bye for now. Bye-bye.